happening, International Christian Fellowship Rome and ICF Rome around the country and around the world. Welcome to our Sunday encounter. This is Pastor Jennifer Pasquale, and I'm so thankful that you are joining us. I have my sign today, smile, because I want you to know God wants to give you a word for your life that puts a smile in your heart. I also want you to know as you lean into the presence of the Lord, as you lean into the worship and the word, let God do something in you that will cause you to put a smile on his face. He has a great and powerful word for you this morning, and I'm so glad you're joining us. Thank you so much. Give God a praise again. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Well, I, um, I think I did a video for last week. I'm not sure if that happened, but... I am so happy that my dear friends from Texas are here, Brother Terry and Irma Phipps. Would you guys just stand and please greet everyone? Thank you. He just recently retired as Vice President of Southwestern Assemblies of God University and uh, just came to serve and be a part of us, and I really appreciate it. You're coming back. We got stuff for you to do. You're not really retired. <laughs> And um, Pastor Tim and Jill, Jill, would you also just stand and let everybody see Pastor Tim's beautiful wife, Jill. Amazing. Pastor Tim is the, assist, the district superintendent of the South Texas Assemblies of God. It's a very large district. He also was my parents' pastor in Houston, Texas before that, and became uh, my friend and my encourager, Pastor Tim and Jill met me at a restaurant a little over a year ago, and it just inspired me and helped me to know that we're not doing this ministry alone, we're not doing life alone, because y'all know I don't like to do life alone, and uh, so in every way, I am very honored that Pastor Tim and his crew would be with us for these two weeks, and uh, I told them it was so special when I got home, I didn't come home to an empty house, that was really special. And uh, my house won't be empty now for several weeks because my family's arriving, and it's going to be amazing. But will you please stand and give Pastor Tim Barker an ICF Realm welcome and say thank you as he comes to minister. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. You can be seated. I... Uh, I just want to honor uh, Pastor Jennifer and say thank you so much for this privilege and opportunity to be here. This has been such a joy for us. And um, yeah, last week we began, as we began the service, I felt a little bit under the weather. I, I had I was suffering from allergies and um, and congestion, but I feel great today. So I'm ready to bring the word. Are you ready to receive what God has? Yeah. All right. Um, I, I also want to say uh, the, the last few weeks, we've been now in Europe almost 18 days, 16 days, 16, 17 days. And um, I, I kind of, I was sitting there during the worship time imagining what heaven's going to be like when people from every tribe, every tongue, from everywhere will be worshiping around the throne forever and ever and ever. Uh, and, and we'll be together for a long time. That's going to be a long time. So hopefully you love us now because we love you and we're so grateful for the privilege to be here. Uh, I want you to stand with me as we honor the word of the Lord. And the verse for today is in James chapter 1 verse 17. It says, every good gift 
and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. You can be seated. God bless you. I, um, I've always had a very complicated relationship with mathematics. I've always had a desire for learning, but I remember um, early on as a child having a difficult time making the number eight. And I, um, I could never get my eight on paper to look like my teacher's eight. I advanced to the second grade, and my second grade teacher said to me, Tim, imagine an eight to look like a snowman. Well, I grew up in Texas. We don't have a lot of snow. But then we realized that not only did I have this issue, this, this issue with making a letter eight, but I also had the same issue in making the, the, the number eight. I had the same issue in making the letter S because you see the similarities. I would start at the top, and I would write the letter S, and I would make the necessary curves, but I would look at mine on my paper and look at the one on the chalkboard, and it didn't look anything alike. Eventually, I began to understand it. I remember my first book I ever read. First book I read was Cat in the Hat. And I was doing great. I was reading well until all of a sudden they added an S to the end of a word. And I asked my mother, what is this word cat is? And my mom said, adding an S to the end of a word just implies that there's more than one cat or more than one hat. So all of a sudden, things began to make sense to me. It was like an epiphany. Uh, we went into the third grade, and they introduced multiplication and division. I already told you I had a problem with math. But here we were, midway through my third grade year in school, and they introduced long division. And I really began to struggle because they began to mix things up on me. They began to put letters where numbers were supposed to be. Come on, hear me. I got all confused because I would look at the board and, and she would write X plus 2 equals 7. And, and I, 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 they would try to explain to me in this, this equation, X is not a number, it's a variable. I got all confused because I would think, how did this X end up in my math equation? Variables are not just something that enter into math equations, but listen to me today. They also show up in life. They, they show up in life and they, they throw us a curve. They leave us asking questions like, what do I do now? Where do I go from here? What should my reaction to this be? Variables, the things that have the power to change our circumstances and throw us into total chaos. Plans change because the variables enter into the equation and they attempt to manipulate our life. 
But let's not kid ourselves today. There are moments that we get up in the morning and we look in the mirror and we think, where did I go wrong? How did this happen to me? What in the world has caused this to develop in my life? But you know, sometimes we know where. Sometimes we know exactly how it developed. Not how we planned. Things that, that were perhaps mistakes from our past. Sometimes circumstances beyond our control. We call them variables. If you really want to understand this, you have to go with me to the book of Genesis, chapter 37, where we have the story of Joseph. Joseph was a great dreamer of dreams. You know the story, perhaps. He is a perfect example of how variables can enter into a person's life. Because in his dream, Joseph thought he knew how everything was going to play out. Uh, let, me, let me pause for a moment and say this. There's a difference between a dream and a plan. Let me say that again. There is a difference between a dream and a plan. God gives us dreams, but in order for the dream to be fulfilled, we have to go to God to get the plan. Come on, are you hearing me? We have to come back to God for the plan. And Joseph knew the dream, but he wasn't sure how it was all going to work out. And in his dream, he was going to be the center of attention. Anybody ever had that dream? Come on, that's a good one. In Joseph's dream, he was going to be the focus of all affection. Anybody ever had that dream? In his dream, there was going to be tremendous honor given to him by his own peers, by his own brothers. Just as he came to terms with this, the variables began to enter the picture. You understand what I'm talking about. The X's, the Y's. Anybody here dealing with an X factor in your life today? Anybody here dealing with a Y factor in your life or a how come or why didn't it? These are variables. Joseph experienced this because his brothers betrayed him. Because in his dream... They were going to be honoring him, and instead, they were betraying him. The variables began to affect him. I want to say this today. There are no variables in my life or in your life that change the solution to your problem. In Joseph's life, the variables became so complex, and his brothers betrayed him. Think about it. They threw him into a pit only to, to sell him later into slavery. Joseph went from being the apple of his father's eye to being sold on an auction block, a variable that literally changed the complexity of his life. And, and then he was brought before Potiphar, and then Joseph felt like, he had this finally figured out. But Potiphar's wife comes along. She makes a pass at him. Joseph, realizing it's a snare of the enemy, resisted and ran. She grabbed his garment, manipulated it as, as evidence to make it look like she had been assaulted by him. And then Potiphar puts Joseph in a deep, dark 
prison. I would call that a variable. How about you? Come on, a variable. Isn't that the way it seems to work in life? Just when you think you've got it all figured out, you're walking along, you're doing things that you know God's plan for you, you're making your way through the complexity of life, and you believe there's a solution ahead, and all of a sudden a variable comes out of nowhere. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. After years, Joseph meets the butler and the baker. And he thought, well, this is going to be my, my way out of here. They each had dreams, and Joseph interpreted the dreams. The dreams came to pass just as he had interpreted because this was a, God, a gift that God had given to Joseph. And Joseph said to them, he begged of them, please don't forget me when you get released. What happened? They completely forgot about him. Two years passed. Time came that Pharaoh needed an interpreter of a dream, and Joseph was called into action. Think about this with me. Two years in prison, a variable. False accusation, a variable. Betrayal by his own family, a variable. All mixing into the equation that we call life. Variable is a noun which means for one to be fickle. Variable is a noun, which means for one to be fickle. So variableness, used only one time in Scripture, is used to let you and me know what God will never be. Come on, he will never be. James chapter 1, verse 17 tells us every good gift that you have Every perfect gift that you have came from the Father of lights. Not only every good gift, but every perfect gift. They both came from God. Something you've got to understand about God today is that there is not even a hint or a shadow of God turning from his plan for your life. God doesn't turn from the plan that his will will accomplish in my life or in your life. The purpose that God sets out to perform, he doesn't even turn from it. Think about that with me. There isn't even a shadow of him turning from that plan. In other words, the variables that you and I experience in life, they don't affect God in any way. Come on, somebody needs to get that today. The variables that you are experiencing today don't change God's purpose for your life. The variables of life don't change God's mind. They don't alter God's will. They don't frustrate God's grace. They don't grieve God's spirit. They don't cause God to somehow rethink, re-strategize, replan. God has a plan for you. Come on. He has a plan. He has a purpose. God has a solution for you. There is an answer for whatever you're facing today. The variables do not affect him. Because if they did, there would be variableness with God. But variables have a way of affecting us. Hello. They weigh heavy on us. They cause us to jump to conclusions. God continues on with the forward march of his motion. The variables of life are at times telling us my situation is so different from everybody else's. Variables from time to time tell us nobody experiences what I experience. Sometimes the variables scream out at us and they cause us to say it's impossible 
The exes are screaming. The X factor. But yes, Pastor Tim, you, you just don't understand my family situation. Listen, with all due respect to you and your family situation, I don't need to know that. I know you're God today. You say, but you don't understand. My personality from time to time is often misunderstood. I don't need to know your personality today because I know you're God. The X factors begin to enter the picture and they leave us wondering this question. Can God really do what his word says? Well, I've come here today just to remind you that every good and every perfect gift comes from the Father of lights in whom there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Your life, listen to me today, has not taken God by surprise. Punch your neighbor and ask them if they just heard that. Come on. Your life today has not taken God by surprise. Your failures have not caught God off guard. God hasn't thrown up his hands in despair. The mistakes that you've made, the mess-ups, the way you've complicated things, haven't left God wondering, is this all going to work out? Come on, he knows. He, he, he knows you. God made you. He's not afraid of you or anything that has ever come against you. The variables will not affect the outcome in your life or in my life. You know, every year at Christmas, we get some good gifts, don't we? Don't we? But be honest, not every one of them are perfect. I, I could go somewhere, but I won't. And there's always so much planning that goes into the celebrations of Christmas. You know how it is. So, so in our home, a number of years ago, we were deciding uh, with with all the travel that that we um, that we do that we would we would begin to set our Christmas decorations up real early, and so I'm talking like like the first of October. We were ready to put Christmas trees up, and we were beginning to decorate. And Jill decided she wanted to add another Christmas tree to our house. Now, you've got to understand this. We already had four Christmas trees, but she wanted a fifth Christmas tree. So we went shopping. This is early October. And we decided, you know, uh, at that particular Christmas, our girls are both married and they're going to be spending Christmas with their husband's families. And so planning begins. And what are we going to do at Christmas? That was great in early October. We, we're going to leave early from Houston. We're going to go to Dallas. We're going to spend time with my family, and we'll start out there, end up with Jill's family. It made perfect sense in early October when we were writing it down on paper. But we received the telephone call mid-December that revealed plans had changed because Jill's mother was sick. My brother couldn't host the party for the family at his home. All of a sudden, there were variables. Plans change. But can I tell you something today? When God makes a plan for my life and for your life, there is no X in the equation that God doesn't already have an answer for. There is no Y in the equation of your life that God doesn't know exactly how it's going to turn out. And if you'll trust him, listen today, don't let the variables in your life replace God's faithfulness. 
Let me say that to somebody again. Don't let the variables that you're encountering today replace God's faithfulness because he's faithful. I said God is faithful, and you can trust him. We all face some game changers in life. But can I remind you today, you'll never face a God changer. You, you perhaps faced some game changers recently in your life, but you've yet to, re, re, uh, to experience a God changer. I, one of my favorite verses is Jeremiah 29, 11. It says this, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. An expected end. His thoughts are toward me to give me peace and an expected end. You know, variables affect our faith. Variables keep us up at night and we can't sleep. Variables cause us to mistreat people around us. Variables attack our nervous system and we find out from time to time we can't eat. But God is faithful. God is faithful. If you're here today and you're facing variables, you don't know what to do. You're afraid of the future. You're afraid of tomorrow. Things are complicated. Maybe your social media says it's complicated because it is. Maybe it should say it's frustrating because God isn't walking with you. Instead, he's trying to catch up with you because you're doing your own thing. You need his leadership in your life. I want to share this, and, and, and afterwards we're going to pray, and then I'll ask the musicians to come. One of the greatest life lessons I received was early on in ministry. I was just a young minister, probably Pastor Bo's age. And, um, and a lady called the office and scheduled an appointment for her daughter. She wanted her to talk with me. And I said, I would be happy to, to visit with her. So Michelle, 12 years old, in our youth group in Tomball came. And she said, Pastor Tim, she said, I don't want to be here. I don't want to talk to you today. But my mother forced me. I said, why don't you want to talk to me? I thought we were friends. She said, we are, but I don't want to talk to you about what I'm here for. She said, she said I don't know if there really is a God And then she said, I don't know if there is a God if I want to serve him. Because if there really is a God and I'm to serve him, I don't know if I can trust him. I said, oh my, why would you say that? This was a girl who attended our youth group every week. Why would you say that, Michelle? And she said, my little sister, she said, you know, my little sister recently died of SIDS disease, sudden infant death syndrome. And she looked at me and she said, couldn't God have prevented that? And I said, he could have because he's God. She said, then why didn't he? I said, Michelle, I don't know. And then she said, my mother had that other baby. Her mother later had a little boy and she wouldn't call it her brother because she didn't want to get too attached. She said, the other baby, I can't sleep at night because I'm constantly worried that the same thing's going to happen to him. 
So throughout the night, I'm getting up and I'm running to his room to make sure he's still breathing. She said, my cousin and I were playing ball in front of my mother, my grandmother's house. I threw the ball to my cousin. It went into the street as the car was coming down the road. He was hit by the car. She looked at me and she said, couldn't God have prevented that from happening? I said, he could have because he's God. She said, then why didn't he? Come on, that's legit. That, that, that's, we've asked some of those questions. Come on. And then all of a sudden, I, I just knew I was in way over my head. I didn't have an answer because all I could come up with was he could have because he's God. That's not what she needed to hear. So I went to my pastor's office, and I told him what I just told you. And he wrote down on a little sticky note and slid it across the desk. I didn't have a clue what it was going to say. And um, I, I, my, my pastor was a real prankster. He liked to play jokes on people. But I was praying that he knew I was serious at that time because I, this was not the prop time for that. So he wrote that on the sticky note, and this was the verse he gave me. And for somebody here today, you need this verse. I got back to my office, and I said to Michelle, you know, in my pastoral voice, let's look to the Word of God for an answer. And, um, and the whole time, I'm, I'm waiting with bated breath, like, what's this verse going to say? How applicable is this going to be? So I opened my Bible to Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29. Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29, I'll leave you with this. I turned my Bible to Michelle, and I said, Michelle, why don't you read it for us? And this is what it says. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed in his word, they belong to us and to our children. Michelle read it. And I said, read it again, Michelle. She read it. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed in God's word belong to us and to our children. Michelle read it about three or four times, and all of a sudden, Michelle just began to weep. She began to cry, and she looked across the desk at me, those beautiful 12-year-old eyes, tears streaming down her face, and she said, I'm not supposed to understand. It's secret. And after a while, when she regained her composure, I'll never forget, she looked at me and she said, well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask. <laughs> and I thought, wow, we're making progress because when she first came in, she didn't know if there was a God. According to what I read, I read in the Word, you've got to believe in God. Go to heaven. And then she said, I guess when I get to heaven, it really won't matter. Come on, that's the breakthrough that you need today. Come on, stand with me. Musicians, come. Every good and perfect gift that you have in your life today comes down from the Father of lights in whom there's no variableness, neither shadow of turning, neither shadow of turning. I want to pray over you this morning. And I want to ask you, if you're facing some variables in life, you'll be honest today. 
Will you take a step of faith and just come to the altar and stand for just a moment? If that's you, while I'm, while I'm speaking, the Lord has spoken to you through this word today. Just come, come stand. Just come and stand. We're going to have some time of prayer in just a moment. But all you're saying when you're taking your step of faith is, Lord, I just trust you. I trust you. Come on, if that's you. I'm facing some variables, Pastor Tim, but I'm going to just say, I, I'm going to trust the Lord. Come on, come on. Will you come down here, Pastor Jen's here. The, these other ministers, Jill, uh, Irma, Terry, come stand. Let, let's, let's agree in prayer. Take the first step saying, Lord, I thank you for not turning your back on me during this difficult situation that I've been. Come on, come on, come on. Thank you for not giving up on me when things were uncertain. Come on, thank you for not quitting on me. That's what you're saying. Thank you that you, you didn't stop caring for me. Thank you, God. Thank you. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I'm going to pray, and then our worship team's going to lead us in prayer as we all pray together. But, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you that there are no surprises. Nothing takes you by surprise. Nothing that we experience or encounter in life, as difficult as it may seem, is impossible for you. There's no circumstance that will ever take you by surprise. There's nothing that we encounter in this life that you don't allow but every encounter that enters into our life is there on mission to make us who we are and who you want us to be. So, Father, we embrace those today. may not be comfortable. We may not like it. But we say today, Lord, we trust you with the variables in life. And we thank you that you are the consistency of our life, that you never change, that you won't change, that you will be with us as you've been from the beginning. You'll be with us in the middle and all the way till the end. We thank you. We thank you. We trust you. We trust you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. I know that the Lord and the word of the Lord has spoken to your life today. And so I want to invite you to invite Jesus to be in control of every circumstance. Maybe you've prayed this prayer before. Maybe today will be the first time you prayed it. But every time you ask Jesus to be in control of everything, every part, every person in your life, God does something to bring your heart to life. So I want you to pray with me right now. Dear Lord Jesus, you say it. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life, to be in control of every part. I give you all of me, Lord. Forgive me for my sins and my disobedience and help me to serve you all the days of my life. I make you Lord over everything. In Jesus' name, amen. And I want you to know that today, the Lord has done something in your life. Now, I also want to pray with you for those miracles in motion, those burdens. As you know, in our service on campus, we come to an altar of sacrifice, a place of decision. And we say to the Lord, God, take all of me. Take every situation. I trust you. I believe in you. This is the season where the Lord reminds us that he came to say, Emmanuel, God with us. So I'm going to pray for you right now.
I want you to know that I read the messages, I read your emails, and I know the things that are weighing heavy on your heart. I love when you come to Rome and you come on campus, but even where you are right now in your country, in your city, the Holy Spirit is with you. And so, Father, right now, we agree in prayer together for the miracle that is in motion. I pray, God, that a supernatural, divine intervention would come upon your son and your daughter right now. For that one who has been sick and struggling with illness, may their faith jump alive right now. May the DNA of their body come into alignment with the way God designed it. And, Father, that one who has struggled with worry and fret and fear, I pray in Jesus' name that the peace of God which passes all understanding would flow over your heart, your mind, your life, and every detail of your circumstance. The Lord is with you. Emmanuel, God is with us. And I want you to know today, he is Jehovah Rapha, your healer. He is Jehovah Shalom, our peace. He is Jehovah, Lord over all. You are complete in Jesus Christ. He will be with you this week. I bless you in the name of the Lord. Write us, send me an email. Let me know what God is doing in your life. We're in this thing together. We don't do life alone. And I'm standing with you for that prayer of victory and the miracle in motion. Have a fantastic week. I love you.